Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. If you're going to move the goalposts that far, then indeed Kansas is innocent and we will catch no one doing anything. It's like saying, I think I'm going to cheat on my taxes this year. Why don't I send myself an email that says, hey, I'm going to cheat on my taxes this year. <laughs> Pete Thamel. Somewhere in St. Petersburg, some Russian guy listens to the podcast. He's like, he wrong about the walrus. Yeah, we will take out that walrus. <laughs> and Pat Forty. What happens if they get shut out at home? What do they do with the balloons? It's a good question. Just probably go out and feed them straight to the birds to kill them right there on the spot. As opposed <laughs> to letting them float away. Like environmental. Mental warrior pack. I am, man. I'm, I'm going to go Greenpeace on their ass there in Lincoln. And here's Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. Week five of college football season. Not a wonderful slate of games this weekend. We got a little spoiled last week. I think the ranked game is like Virginia-Notre Dame. It's actually a sneaky good game, but I'm not sure that's going to excite the masses quite like uh, we had last week. But what I want to start with this week, guys, is some basketball and really scandal because we love scandal here. Controversy, potential fiery fights, lawsuits, lawyer statements, notices of allegations, all the good stuff that the Kansas basketball program has provided us this week. This is a college pod, so we'll discuss a little bit of this. But I think it Dan, actually, you forgot Bagman. Bagman. Bag <laughs> we Come love Bagman. We love TJ Gasnola. <laughs> oversized uh, goatee legend <laughs> in his own mind <laughs> sopranos extra yeah. yeah fixer for programs across the nation the bag man so kansas got a notice of allegation this week and it is a doozy the nca is not messing around they're going right at bill self hall of fame national championship coach and the vaunted Jayhawks, who just mysteriously win every year for 100 years out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Getting recruits from across the country to Lawrence, Kansas. So if you're not up on it, this is mainly all stems from the college basketball trial and the FBI investigation and all of that. Ten months ago, T.J. Gasnola, the bag man for Adidas, a Massachusetts AAU coach, testified for two days uh, in New York. I was there. And and he's the key to this entire case. And he's the guy that the NCAA never normally gets to talk to. 
He's not sitting down with the NCA investigators. He's not handing over bank records. He's not giving them their cell phone to check. He did all that to the feds. And the feds released the information. And Gasnola testified. And all this stuff came out that was extremely damning of Kansas. And the question really was, was the NCA going to care? Kansas had come up with a couple of just, you know, ridiculous explanations. They went with this, the legal theory that the that the feds were going with, that they were just victims, poor, innocent victims of these nasty people from Adidas who they love to accept money from. That is a legal theory that is under appeal right now and really has no real world value. But Kansas went with that. And then they went with this idea that there isn't a specific text message. And Gasnola didn't say specifically that Bill Self knew or said something like, hey, TJ, please pay Billy Preston's mother (laughs) $89,000. Text me back when the check clears. (laughs) With a photo of the check, please. Bill didn't know. There's no proof. If that's the burden of proof we're going to go with, if you're going to move the goalposts that far, then indeed Kansas is innocent and we will catch no one doing anything. That's right. It's like saying, I think I'm going to cheat on my taxes this year. Why don't I send myself an email that says, hey, I'm going to cheat on my taxes this year. (laughs) And if that email is not found, did I really cheat on my taxes or did I just make an innocent mistake and forget to declare that, you know, two million bucks I made in an oil well somewhere? I don't know. Kansas has got I've yet to hear the explanation on how they're innocent on this. But we wondered, is the NCAA just going to go, you know, take that ultra sympathetic stance? No, they aren't. They went after him. I think that was what was jarring. You guys both read it too. We all broke the story. They went right at the throat, didn't they? They really did. No, this was uh, the NCAA delivering on what I think the mandate from the universities in their membership is. Go get the cheaters. That's what everybody wants until it's your school. Then that becomes a whole different deal. And right now that's where Kansas is like, Bill Self would never cheat. Just because we had a guy in a Mercedes driving around campus who wrecked it and then we found out he got $90,000. And another guy that his handler got paid. And, you know, you can go on back through various other close brushes that uh, Kansas has had with NCAA regulations. One thing. Wasn't a Mercedes. It was a Dodge Charger. Ah, But the Dodge Charger was registered to his grandmother nah, there we who go. lived right, in right. Florida who was recently deceased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you sorry. know those really old grandmas down in Florida really like the hot job. <laughs> they want charge. the muscle car. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This was this was an explanation, mind you, that was accepted. This is like again the the goalpost move. Yeah. Yeah. This is also why, I'll give you one more absurdity from this, was when Billy Preston's mother, Cole Player is her name, was found with all of these wire money coming in from Gasnola. And Kansas said, what is this? She told them her and TJ were having a a relationship. The problem with the Gasnola-Nicole Player supposed fake affair was Nicole Player was living with a woman. Yeah. <laughs> Complicating factor. Again, like, how far do we need to move the goalposts? Going, <laughs> yeah. I don't buy that excuse as the money. 
you guys aren't together. But this is how it usually works, and they're not going. So back to your point, Pat, because I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. The do- it was a Dodge Charger to a deceased great-grandmother. Yeah. Great-grandmother. It wasn't even a grandmother. Great-grandmother. It was Nicole Player's grandmother. Even better. Okay, great. Yeah. And again, a popular car for the great-grandmother. Yes, set. they're uh, all. They're a rolling Dodge Charger. all over the place. The willingness to suspend disbelief to the XXX level just to say, no, we, we did not cheat is unbelievable. When everybody in the in the membership is saying, we know the whole sport cheats, let's clean it up. And then all of a sudden it's your school's time. It's like, well, the whole sport may cheat, but not us. No, no, no. Not at Kansas. Not where we get all these five-star players to come to the Lawrence, Kansas uh, utopia in the middle of nowhere. And then you get all the fans that jump in. And my biggest problem with this, look, first, I'm I'm very glad NCAA enforcement is taking this seriously because let's just get the whole scam out there and then decide what we want the rules to be. But let's get to the bottom of it as best possible. But you get the resistance from the individual schools when they get involved, and then you get the cynicism level and the idiocy from the fans. I had a friend of mine gave me this quote last night that I thought was summed the whole thing up. Sports has made higher education a vehicle for making smart people dumb. (laughs) college sports make smart people stupid all the time. I mean, you get the big, the hugest suspensions of common sense and everybody's starting his finger pointing. It's not fair to us. Why don't you go after them? And it because it just has driven me crazy. The, the levels of this, you have people, well, they let LSU go. No, they did not let LSU go. LSU is under investigation. Well, they let Arizona go. No, Arizona is under investigation. They let Nike go. Both those schools are Nike schools. Even if no, they I know, did. I know. So what? Like, yeah, it's all it's all tribalism. There's like you always have the media. There's a media element there that will just go state media. You have the 80s totally. now just play up to the the absurdities and just lie to the people. Uh, you know, how could we pause? Like, honestly, if there's no one in college athletics so stupid that they don't think sneaker companies pay players to go to certain schools. Yeah. I wrote Soul Influence 20 years ago. Okay? <laughs> 20 years! This is not a secret. Nobody at Kansas is this no. dumb, let alone Bill Self. Now, I don't know what he did or didn't do here. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll let them decide. But the idea... Bill Self would never know anything about this. He's just a victim, innocent victim. He's just recruiting yeah. these kids and showing them the foliage of Lawrence, Kansas. And he has... <laughs> Come on! Yeah, he's texting, yeah, he promoted an atmosphere of compliance. He's texting DJ Gasnola <laughs> saying, I need some guys. Let's get some guys. Yeah. We need some real guys right. here. What do you got? You know? Yeah. Everybody in the game knows what TJ Gasnola does. And if you're texting him saying you need guys, then guess what? You're in on it. Yeah. He was essentially the GM. Right? Yeah. Like he was the guy who was getting them players. I mean, it, it's pretty if you read the series of text messages and I reread it all again yesterday and we saw what happened in court. Dan covered it thoroughly. Uh, the the evolution of this that's most interesting to me, guys, right now is this like huge game of chicken. These monster trucks are all roaring towards each other. So these giant universities, Kansas, Arizona, LSU, NC State. No, not maybe not NC State as much, but basically uh, I'm forgetting. Um, oh, Auburn. In, 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 so these giant universities are basically saying, okay, NCA, you want to legislate it? Come get it. We're not firing our coach. We don't care if we have an assistant coach in jail. We don't care if we have an assistant coach who's been indicted for a felony or pled guilty to a felony. We don't care if we've been dragged through federal court and embarrassed 
Our fans really don't care. So you know what? Come get us. Like, come get us. And the Kansas playbook was classic. And AD said to me today, he's like, it's the, it's straight from central casting. The NCAA is the boogeyman. The NCAA is the boogeyman. Yeah. Make the NCAA to be the boogeyman. And so now they're literally standing on the front porch flipping off the NCAA. They're yeah. saying, you know what? Come get us. They're pulling down their jorts in the middle of Lawrence, Kansas and mooning Indianapolis. <laughs> they're saying, all right, you want us? Come get us. And if you're the NCAA, you know, the gauntlet has been thrown down. And don't think for a second Arizona is not going to do the same thing because they're basically saying your enforcement department has sucked for 40 years. And we think it's going to continue to suck through this case. And what the NCA is basically saying is, you know what? Here we are. Like, we're at a crossroads. A lot of people are pissed off behind the scenes. You know, can we get our act together and finally legislate some of our rules? Probably right before the rules change, which is an irony. Well, that, here. yeah. But, but this is how it changes. Because yeah. I think one thing is like... Yeah. People go, well, who cares? Right. And I agree. Who cares? Let Billy Preston and her, her uh, get a Dodge Charger and his mom get $89,000. I don't care. But if you're going to have the rules and these guys are going to be able to make millions off of it and dodge taxes and all that stuff, and you're going to have a sport that's supposed to be fair, then it shouldn't be about who Adidas decides wins the Big 12 every year. Because guess what? Yeah. If Adidas decides who wins the Big 12 every year... They win the Big 12 every year. <laughs> now, guess what happened? Kansas yep. wins every year. I wonder why. Okay? You know, and, and so you want a fair, some kind of a fair deal. And the only way Billy Preston, the next Billy Preston, ever gets a fair shake is if this is so blown up that the Kansas ADs and stuff can't sit there and actually cry, this is how dumb we, naive we are. What? What? Nothing's happening here. But there's not this level of proof, you know. So yeah, I I, I find this whole thing going to be fascinating. The NCAA's drawing a lot. They're going to fight them. Kansas is going to fight back. I get their fans won't care. We'll see if they really drill the program because they've never had this much evidence, and now they got it. That's the difference here is that they've got the court evidence and see where North Carolina with the academic fraud stuff. Now there, I mean, there was a lot of evidence of that, but they just went and said we're going to outlawer them. And they did, and maybe that maybe Kansas is gambit here too. Like we're just we're gonna we're gonna lawyer our way through this thing, and we're gonna be okay on the on the backside of this. But the game changer is court testimony, court documents, wiretaps, texts. It's, Bank I mean, they, they've got the goods. Yeah, they they have got the goods this time. So yeah. can they can can the NCAA close the case? I think I think they can, but we'll see. I mean, try I, I've said this for years and years and years, trying to predict what a committee on infractions will rule is a fool's errand. Yeah. I, I find it interesting too, like Bill Sells attorney and and look, they came back strong. Go ahead, do it. I'm 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 here for the fight. I don't really care who wins it. Yeah, right. I'm always oh, yeah. I, I cover lots of combat sports. Um <laughs> I I'm here I'm here to yeah. see someone get knocked out. I I I, I admit I rented a bare knuckle uh, pay-per-view over the weekend, right? I'm not, you know, that was, di that was disturbing, but I just way. want to watch the violence. So go at it, but we'll put you right in the octagon, but I want to, but the idea that you can just sit there and say, well, um, you know, I forget my point. Now I got so excited thinking about the bare knuckle fight. <laughs> This is a bare knuckle brawl. Let's see self Dan go down. Wetzel, every everyone's favorite Neanderthal. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. I go back to something that we wrote uh, in February of uh, eighteen, and it was it was a quote from a source who basically said, 
if they get Andy Miller's back records, they're going to have to change the rules. Yeah. Because it's going to be the whole thing is going to be so systemically corrupt that it's easier to change the rules than actually legislate off of what's happened. And again, it hasn't quite been linear, but the, the point of that quote was like the cheating is so pervasive and it's so endemic. I mean, one thing, you know, 20 years of covering all this stuff that I've learned, there are no coincidences. If some random program rises from the middle of nowhere, now look, Kansas has a great tradition everything, you don't win 14 straight Big 12 titles without no. something from the outside happening. Well, Your high-low yeah. offense is not that good. It's just not. <laughs> and you would have to be the most blind-eyed Kansas fan to really sit back and say, oh, Andrew Wiggins came here because he liked the freedom he played with on the sure. wing. You know? Yeah. Sure. You know, 14 straight years of just grand coincidences. Sorry, like just I, you would have to be like Jayhawk fan 99 right now to, to believe that because it's just it's just not how college sports work, especially in this era where there's so much turnover. Now, look, Bill Self's a good coach. He's clearly yeah. done a good job there. But to do, to do that 14 straight times and try to convince there has been no outside help. I'm sorry, not buying it. Yeah, they always have the best players. And for all the best players from across the country or the globe to come to Lawrence, Kansas, does not compute. So, but one point I wanted to make, and you touched on, Pete, is that, you know, if you got Andy Miller's bank records and saw how widespread this is, holy moly. So here's for all the fans out there. Well, why are they taking so long? Why does it take the NCAA forever to do anything? Okay, first of all, there was a federal investigation that they had to sit out. But secondly... Say you are in charge of the widget factory. You're, you're Joe, manager of the widget factory, and you've got an order that's going to take you three months to get the widgets out, all right? You are working on that order, and that's, that is on your desk, and that's your deal. And then all of a sudden, here they come with nine big manila folders of new widget orders, and they dump that on there. Guess what? You can't do them all at once. And so it's going to take time to do Arizona, to do Auburn, to do Louisville, to do LSU. So it's not that the NCAA is sitting around doing nothing. The NCAA has too much to do right now. That widget analogy came off way better than I would thought. I thought halfway through <laughs> that was going to be a complete disaster. No, man. I was, I was like, you're... I'm going to get confused. And I, you know what? You pulled it together. Yeah. Good job, Stick, Pat. Trust me. Stick with me. The manila envelope saved you there. Yeah, my my analogies I are thought, always good. That Just was going to be an me. absolute train wreck, but it went well. So here's my one he thing about this, plane. and we'll move on to some football. But like Bill Self's come out now, I remember what I was talking about. It comes around, it comes and goes. I'm, I'm sober too, you know. Go figure. That's probably the problem. You know, we're going to defend every point of this, all this stuff. Okay, where's the defense? Because none of this yeah. is new. It came out ten months ago, and I've yet to hear the like six or seven, you know complete bends of reality that I'm going to need to for someone to say, well, he didn't, that text doesn't mean that he was talking about this and you go, Oh, all right. That makes sense. Cause I've yet to hear that. All I've heard is we're a victim. And TJ said that he didn't know precisely. I was dropping the cash, except he did say stuff like with, with D'Souza, that was easy work. No problem. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> right. yeah. what? I mean, what you, again, wasn't there one out there dropping bags? Wasn't that one I, of the ones? I, I texted him a picture of the wheat fields at sunrise, and he loved it. So that's why he came. Bill Self is that dumb. He should lose his job for being that dumb to not know what DJ Gasnola is talking about. Like, come on, people. Come on. You got to. It, it doesn't mean he's a bad guy. He, he ran. This is how you, you can't win without this. You can't. There's a part of that trial. TJ Gasnola talked about going around the different schools, getting hugged by coaches, people begging him for their help. 
Yeah. Nike and Adidas. Everybody wanted sure. TJ Gasnol to help because everybody knew what he was about. I will. Yeah. I am the guy that will can get forty five grand out of a bank and I'll fly and drop it off at somebody's house. That's that was him, and they all yeah. loved him. He had every coach in the palm of his hand, and there was nobody he was more loyal to than Bill Self. But he cheated for everybody, but Bill Self. Sure, okay, let's do it. Sure, yeah. All Still right. had no idea. Here's one thing we say about Kansas basketball: highly successful. But let's talk yeah. about some other failures because that's what we do here. <laughs> College game day is headed to Lincoln, Nebraska this weekend. Ohio State, Nebraska. They have not been in Nebraska since 07, which I found surprising, but maybe not. And obviously they're there because of Ohio State, and there really are no good games, and they'll have a great scene in Lincoln. They're, I think we've said on this podcast this year, there really aren't any better fans than Nebraska fans. They are loyal to, to a fault, perhaps. But I wanted to tie in this with Nebraska, and then Michigan has been a huge Obviously, a huge topic since the loss to Wisconsin, and it, it keeps going this week, is, you know, what can Jim Harbaugh do? Is is what Jim Harbaugh doing acceptable for Michigan and all that? And I, I looked a little bit at this. I did a little research. Yeah, and don't two, go off brand. I know. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I did a little. These two programs. I'm going to start reading me, the emails soon if you start doing research. So. Yeah, well, I'll be done in like 20 I'll be done quicker than the widget analogy. So, you know, <laughs> I'm talking little. But these two programs – Nebraska at one point was an absolute powerhouse that Michigan never was. Michigan has won one national title, half a national title. Uh, they shared it with, with with Nebraska in 70 years, okay? So Nebraska was absolutely dominant on multiple occasions since the 70s. And I don't know how many titles they, they have or not, but they've got a bunch. There was no question they, were an unbe- they had some unbelievable teams. However, since 2002, Nebraska has not finished in the top 14 in the AP poll once. Not one time. Seven, we're going on 17 years. They have four 10-win seasons during that period. Since 2004, Michigan has one top 10 AP finish. That was in 2006. So none since 2006. They have not won the Big Ten in 15 years going on 16. These are two of the biggest names in, in college football. They have two of the biggest fan bases. They have the biggest stadiums. They have rec- everything's recognizable, right? The brand is what they all want to call it. Neither of them are really relevant on a national scale. Michigan occasionally, Nebraska, just forget it. Let's start with Nebraska, or you can do either one, but like, can Nebraska ever get back, or is the game and the, 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 the way college football works just change forever and their Big Ten status has limited them? I think, I think going to the Big Ten cut their pipeline to Texas players off and didn't help. They got a lot more money, obviously, than they had in the Big Eight, Big 12. But they aren't winning, so who cares? I, I never understand why fans get excited about how much money you're making. Like, so what? You're paying your strength coach more money. They don't, I want to win. I don't care how much money my guys are making. Right? Can Nebraska ever get it back? And, it, and is Nebraska really just pretty much what Michigan is going forward? Or does Michigan have a path to actually being nationally relevant again? Michigan has a better chance of national relevance, although they certainly are in a harder division of the Big Ten. You know, it, it's it's not inconceivable, shouldn't be inconceivable, although lately it has been, for Nebraska to win the Big Ten West. You know, it's the amazing thing about this is like, look, Wisconsin has become a demonstrably better program than Nebraska has. So how that happens, I don't know. But I, you know, Nebraska is up against it for all for many of the reasons you mentioned. Obviously, they, they, the recruiting area is very limited. 
They did go into Texas a lot. They used to go back. They used to go into Jersey. They used to go into California. They may still have some avenues in those areas, but you know when they were rolling, that's where they're getting a lot of their players from back and they and into Florida. You know, Tommy Frazier, I believe, was from Bradenton, Florida, the great quarterback in the nineties. It's hard. It's really hard at Nebraska, and they are they are living in the past. I think as a fan base, even more than Michigan is. You know, where they they seem to think that the Tom Osborne days were last week and not twenty years ago, twenty five years ago. So it's tough to get out of that cycle. Very tough. Michigan, I still think you know they they should be able to recruit in better areas than Nebraska. First of all, naturally, Detroit and Michigan are going to produce players. They can get to Ohio. They get players. Harbaugh, hey, his problem really hadn't been recruiting. He's had top ten classes. He's got goes to IMG Academy. I think they have a a Harbaugh suite down there for him. I think they should be able to get better players. You know, again, the the mystery to me is why the Harbaugh thing has not worked. But if you're asking me which one has a better chance to ever win big again, I'm going with Michigan. Nebraska's, uh, you know, glory days were a little bit before my time covering the sport, but I do think it was a little bit of to a relic of an era where having the biggest stadium and having the best facilities, Nebraska was way ahead of everyone and all that stuff. So they had the great fan base. They they were the glamour program because they won so much, but they also had this like giant stadium and they were the first place with the, you know, multi-million dollar locker room, weight room, all that yep, stuff. Yep. You know, that was, everybody has that now, right? Like, Here's the thing about Nebraska, other than their very loyal fans, like the 50,000 zombies will show up for game day at four in the morning. On Saturday. <laughs> like I guarantee it, you know, and, and they'll like smile as they're getting their tail kicked in all night by Ohio State. But I don't think anything separates Nebraska right now from from that other than they have some tradition other than that to the current recruit. And so, again, Dan made a great point about Texas not being the same stronghold because they're out of the they're out of the Big 12. I don't think now with this generation, they have more resonance in Chicago than Iowa, which has been a better program than the last two decades, than Wisconsin, which has been a great program for the last 15 years. And obviously, they're not beating Ohio State for anyone. So in that sort of Midwestern breadbasket. So I do think they made a really good hire. Both places had had a run of bad leadership, too, which I think obviously comes into play here. I do think Nebraska made a good hire with Scott Frost because their difference has to be scheme now. You have to out-scheme people and have an idea and a vision and a direction. And now it hasn't happened for Scott Frost as fast as everyone assumed it would. They do have a good quarterback. They have some direction. They're recruiting to it. I do think they'll be good. Do I ever think they'll be a consistent top 10 program again? No, I don't. Will they be nationally relevant? Sure. Will they have a occasional top 10 finish? Definitely. But I, I don't think we'll ever see Nebraska dominate that way. Michigan, I do think, has a much better chance. It's a much better school academically, first of all. Like, if you were getting recruited nationally out of, uh, out of California, like, you'd much rather go to Michigan than Nebraska. Like, it just, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think that's much of a contest there. But, you know, Michigan has hit this upper middle class plateau with Harbaugh there. And, you know, it, it'd be interesting. I don't believe, like, people, I wrote a column about Harbaugh this weekend. People are like, well, is Michigan even a good job anymore? Yeah, it's a really good job, a very good job. And it should win more than it has. It's pretty simple. All right. I agree with all of that. I mean, obviously, I think, I just think Nebraska is going to ever struggle to make a top 10 again. It's a, like a dream season if they get it together. I think they're, yeah. they're Iowa at best. Iowa's in better position. They're closer to Chicago, closer to players. I just, I just don't know where they get enough players. Maybe Scott Frost can get it done, but it's, it's really hard. And and they did. I think there was a time in college football where ticket sales dictated a budget, and so by having eighty thousand people or whatever number they used to have in that stadium come every single week, and everybody buy the sweatshirts and everyone do all this stuff, they had a huge advantage over the other schools. 
uh, particularly in the Big Eight, where uh, a lot of the schools were from, you know, Kansas State and Kansas, and, and it, they were in small places, and they didn't have big fan bases and all that. I, I just don't know how they make it work uh, other than just being pleased with occasionally good teams and just enjoy it. I, I just think their fans are pretty much the whole problem. Michigan, certainly, I agree. They're close to Ohio. They can recruit nationally, academically. They're an hour flight from the East Coast. They have a huge airport right next, you know, Detroit airport's right next to Ann Arbor. It's hard to get to, to Lincoln. You got you to gotta fly to Omaha and drive an hour and a half. Like, it's, it's not, not easy to do. Even Flirty the horse can't get there very easily. <laughs> um, hey, can I make one more point on the Nebraska front yeah. here? They, they these are fans that love to consider themselves the classiest fans in America, and they like, they are great fans. They are ardent, they're loyal, but the classiest fan part. This was my experience in the 1980s. Uh oh. When when you're Missouri and you go in and they beat you by five touchdowns, you absolutely the the players when they're walking off the field get good job Missouri, good luck the rest of the year. And then the <laughs> Nebraska fans say, see how see how classy we are. Then I go home for Thanksgiving, and I'm watching them play Oklahoma on the same field, and Oklahoma beats them. They're throwing snow at them. They're throwing oranges at the players. Aww. So the, all right, the class only exists if, if Nebraska's steamrolling you. <laughs> <laughs> what about their balloons, Pat? They all bring balloons and let off the balloons. <laughs> That's nice. The balloons are end up bad for the environment. They're killing animals. Oh, is that, is that it? <laughs> I'd say we, we're losing listeners in Nebraska with this, but really people in Nebraska aren't cynical enough to enjoy this podcast. So I doubt we actually have any listeners in Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, they already You hate called us. them all. You called the fans zombies. <laughs> well, they'd just be like, we will go to Lincoln and watch us lose. And they'll make signs. <laughs> in a surprising move, this one was pretty interesting. University of Houston is off to a one in three start on the year. In uh, Coach Holgo, did Holgo cut his mullet? We're going to get to mullet talk in a minute with Gundy, but <laughs> I think he needs to grow that thing back. Anyway, quarterback uh, De'Ara King and uh, wide receiver Keith Corbin are taking a red shirt, and they're not leaving the program. They're claiming they're going to be back for 2020. Basically, Houston had its quarterback and wide receiver just punt on the rest of the season, just given up. And saving it for a year. The NCAA's new rule is you can play four games and then redshirt. I don't think this was how it was designed. Talk about the law of unintended consequences. What do you guys think of this? And is this going to be the new trend? Like, season's going bad. Let's just save it for another year. If they're back in 2020, I'm going to win the world's strongest man. I'm going to be the first <laughs> Albanian to win it in 2020. There's no way they're going back. Hey, guys, we're going to quit on you this year because we went one and three, but we'll be back and go. We'll get him in 2020, please. <laughs> like, clearly the kid's dad says on the record that the kid's leaving. And then Houston realizes what a disaster this is going to be public relations wise. So then what happens is the kids really can't unenroll at this point because they aren't going to be able to enroll anywhere else. So they're kind of stuck. So everybody gets in an office and signs, okay, I'm going to say this. I'm a happy little cougar. I'm just going to do that. Do you think, think De'Aaron King's running a uh, scout team for uh, for North Texas this week? You know, I'd be fairly skeptical of that. So um, I, I just think they're going to end up finding other opportunities and entering the portal then. And just academically, it would be bad for uh, APR if they bounce from here. So it makes sense for both sides. Like, Finish your academics, graduate if that's an option, do whatever you do. But yeah, I don't think uh, Mr. King and Mr. Corbin are going to be donning Cougar Red next season. I don't know why you think Coach Holgo would lie to us, Pete. 
I didn't think they were lying. I think in the moment <laughs> they may be considering coming back. But oh, okay. I just I got it. can't I got it. quite see that happening. So, and you know what, Derek King, he didn't sign up for three coaches in four years. So, yeah, hey, right. go, get, go get yours, man. He did that program a lot of good. Go get yours. Yeah. No, that's that's the thing where everybody's like, this is terrible for, you know, college sports. They got to have more loyalty. Well, yeah, this is his third coach, fourth offensive coordinator. Uh, he's a senior. Holgerson comes in, is changing stuff around. It's not working very well. My question is, he's either waiting to see if he can be the next Oklahoma quarterback next year, because Lincoln Riley did say some very complimentary things about him after they played in the season opener, or he's just saving his body and saying, I'm, I'll be, I'll put myself in the draft. You know, I'll spend the next few months wor working out and checking my draft status. And if, if I can, if they, if I'm, if I can go, I'll go. And if not, I'll go, I'll go to Norman or somewhere else and uh, see if I can plug myself in as a quarterback elsewhere. And I, I cannot blame him. I just wish it was a little bit more honest and upfront, which it started being with, with Derek King's dad. And then yeah, everybody else stepped in with the spin here. So uh, but it's a fascinating development, and it really is. And this goes back to, hey, the unintended consequences of a rule the coaches wanted. The coaches wanted this four-game rule because they thought it would help them to test drive some players, see if you're ready, see if you're not, get a little experience, even if we do redshirt you. But, hey, it's just given the players a little bit of more leverage to, to test drive themselves and see how the season's going and then say, eh, I'm out of here. Little, I think a little, little pinch of karma over at the University of Houston, too, because, uh, yeah. you know, look, nobody complained when Tom Herman went to make five million a year. Nobody complained when the billionaire came in and ousted Major Applewhite after an eight win season. But they went and got conquering hero Dana Holgerson, who's one in three with the biggest fold of the season on his resume right now. And again, Holgerson will be fine there. They'll, he'll get a transfer quarterback. Quarterbacks are going to want to play for Dana. But like. I don't know, man. You you live through all that mess. You, you know, I don't blame I don't blame Derek King at all for peacing out on there. All right, I want to get to our true heroes of uh, college football uh, segment. They're two Amish men. Uh, were recently riding in their their horse drawn buggy. I'm just going to say they're Ohio State fans because everyone in Ohio is. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw this one. They, they I, could I like Kent State. You never know. Hey, it might be a Mac. A lot of Mac schools yeah. down there. They like Wednesday football. They were riding Trumbull County. They were in Trumbull County. I'll have to look up where that is. I'm on it. Hang on. Figure out what the closest Mac school to Trumbull County is. <laughs> Two Amish men were riding in their horse-drawn buggy at 1 a.m. on Sunday. And uh, the Trumbull County Sheriff's Office decided to stop the buggy. Now, I don't know why. But the buggy had, A, a massive stereo system in it. <laughs> a tricked-out Amish buggy. Yeah, I think they're listening to the pod. I think they're listening to the podcast. They wanted to... <laughs> No, if you listen to our podcast, you were watching Pac-12 After Dark on Saturday. Night. All right? so maybe the Especially game, if yeah. Jim Kelly's scoring 50 in the second half. Like, there's no chance. Here's the other problem. It appears they were drinking spiked iced tea. And they had a 12-pack of Michelob Ultra on top of the buggy. <laughs> on top. On top. Mick Ultra. They're carb-conscious. The Amish. Uh, right? I did not I know it. the Amish were on the low-carb. The uh, deputy, Deputy Joe Dragovic, told Fox 8, I've never operated an Amish buggy with a horse. So what happened was they pulled them over. They tried to pull them over. The men jumped out of the buggy and ran. <laughs> and uh, the, the, they lost them. So then they drove the Amish buggy 
I'm told the horse will know the way home regardless of whether the operator's awake or even in the buggy. And then the horse, so they, they, he rode the horses and took the buggy and just stopped at this uh, road. And now they're holding the horses until the men come forward to get their buggy back. <laughs> and the man ran, like, I don't think the Amish do tennis shoes. So in the, their clunky shoes, they their work boots or shoes, they, they ran Turning and got away. Fleeter afoot than the Trumbull County Sheriff's Department. I don't How know. about that? <laughs> By the way, our... Our, our getaway guys, drunk getaway guys, uh, are near Youngstown. So they're either Youngstown Penguin fans or possibly if they want to go FBS, Akron. Okay. Zips. All right. Yeah. Well, there you go. So that, to me, they're the real heroes. All right. Let's get to Mike Gundy's hair. In what's got a, it's an absolute classic story. What did Pat call Gundy last year? Sorry for cutting you off. The mu- what was Pat's great line about Gundy? All like mullet, no muscle. All mullet. All mullet, no muscle. Thank you. Yes. The still, still water, water snowflake. snowflake. Yes. Thank you, Sully. An outlet called uh, What the Fuss News, WTF News, okay, puts out a clearly, this is a classic story, but it's clearly not a, it's it's a parody site. And it said that, you know, T. Boone Bickens, the, the Oklahoma State fan and the oil baron who uh, passed away, it said his will had, it says, surprisingly among the specifics in his will, he peculiarly left $30 to head coach Mike Gundy to, quote, get a a goddamn haircut. That's what it said, right? Quote, I've been begging him for years to cut that godforsaken mullet off. Maybe now my dying wish he'll take it more seriously, said Pickens in his will, okay? And then there's a quote on the WTF news. Gosh, I'm honored that Mr. Pickens would name in his will, but God dang it, my mullet helps too much in recruiting. I'm a man. I'm 50. How am I supposed to have business in the front without party in the back? Okay, this is the story. <laughs> Sources say Gundy has been going around Stillwater, drowning his sorrows with a bottle at several local bars, riding mechanical bulls, and desperately searching for a reason to go against Pickens' wishes for him to head over to sports clips and have and trim his sacred locks. Okay? <laughs> so, whatever. There's the story. Apparently, some reporter decided to ask, <laughs> ask uh, Gundy about it. Some reporter actually took that story seriously. I, I guess. Or else if he was trying to note it was a joke, he didn't do a very good job. Uh, yeah. Because Gundy flipped out. Uh, he Clearly, T. Boone did not leave 30 bucks for him to get the haircut. He said, I would prefer to answer real journalism questions and not be disrespectful to Mr. Pickens at this time. Any jackass like you that would ask a stupid question like that is really hurting journalism and making real media people look bad. Well, I'll tell you, we make ourselves look bad enough. Um, uh, this question was absolutely asinine, but was kind of funny. <laughs> Do you think <laughs> we, if, if T Boone Pickens had actually asked on his deathbed, Gundy to shave the mullet, would he have done it? <laughs> How's that for a okay. Let yeah, yeah, let's let's posit whether the most completely bogus story of all time could, could be possibly true. have any merit. Yeah. I'm saying it's uh, false. I'm telling you it's a fake story, yeah. but what if it wasn't? <laughs> what if it wasn't? <laughs> okay. If I'm if I am Gundy and if I'm talking to T Boone on his deathbed, I'm gonna say, Yes, sir, I'll get right to that, sir. Absolutely. Rest in peace. I'm out. And then I would go and not cut my mullet because Gundy uh, T Boone's gonna be dead, and that's gonna be that. <laughs> Pete, would you get the mullet chopped? Uh, I think if I was Gundy, you know, the mullet's been too valuable in the program. People talk about the mullet more than like the offense now. So I just, I don't, I don't, I don't think Boone would ever ask him that. 
So no, I don't want uh, I don't see that happening, Dan. Could you see any? Could, could like could like uh, Stephen Ross, the big Michigan booster, get get Harbaugh to switch out of khakis? Could could? <laughs> yes, I I would say so. First of all, like it depends, dying wish or not. But if it's not dying wish, but fireable offense, like you know, if the K, if he thinks the khakis are holding Michigan back, yeah. You 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 posited when we in our in our rigorous pre-production discussion of like one text that I saw and a couple I didn't look at. Uh, you posited the theory of you know could you get boosters of various schools to you know to ordain things for their schools to do? And I was thinking about if, if you know John Schnatter if he still had his name on the uh, on the stadium at Louisville he could ask them to recruit fewer African Americans, but I, I don't think they would go with that. So I uh, I think. Harbaugh would definitely listen to Ross because Ross is probably the only person in the NFL right now who would hire Harbaugh. And so that way I would listen to whatever he says because Harbaugh only has two years left on his deal. And there aren't exactly NFL teams lining up to hire him anymore. Harbaugh to Cleveland. Harbaugh to Cleveland. They need a QB coach over there. <laughs> Michigan what, needs one too. What a, yeah, that, well, that's the problem. What about could, could Hugh Freeze give up the coaching visor? Would Q, Hugh Freeze yeah. give up the coaching visor? Jerry if he didn't Fowler. give it up on the bed on the hospital bed. Yeah. I don't think he's giving it up, Dan. Right? If, he, yeah, like, if he took the visor and he took the Coke Zero into bed with him, then he's keeping him. Anyway, to yeah. uh, to to Coach Gundy's a- annual media blow-ups, I actually am on his side on this one. That was... Uh, these are fake stories. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. First time I'm ever on Gundy's side in a media situation. Yeah. yeah. Although Mike Gundy expounding on, like, journalistic principles is a little much for me. All right? A little like, bit much. <laughs> he just wanted to rip the guy. Like, don't 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 rip him on, like, you know, the face of journalism, please. You know, that's a right. little sanctimonious. And, and beware of animal attacks, although I, I may be in favor of this one. A walrus last week attacked and sunk a, ra- a Russian Navy landing boat in the Arctic Ocean. A walrus attacked the Russian Navy. Bold move by the walrus. <laughs> I think the Ole Miss fan thought there was actually Cal. So, you know, that, that, was running, that was running the submarine. That's why. Remember our bro from last podcast? That's right. The communists. Oh, yeah. The, the, the communists. Yes. Yeah. The communists from Cal. Cal has secretly been, uh, you know, running submarines around the Adriatic or something. Is this, is this walrus really like a U.S. Navy trained walrus? Or are we friends with Russia now? I don't even know what's going on. With, does Putin know about this? This is a false flag. I can't figure out what's going on in America anymore. But the walrus sunk the vessel. <laughs> uh, the Russian Ministry of Defense said the uh, female animal was protecting its calves and it targeted the craft carrying researchers. Pat, you found this story. Are you pro, pro, pro walrus or pro Russian Navy on this? Uh, you, where does the allegiance uh, for human pro walrus? Oh, always. Oh, I mean, look, they, <clears throat> I am concerned that eventually the animals are going to get us. But in this case, <laughs> I am absolutely down with the walrus. This is strong. First of all, a walrus sunk a Russian Navy landing boat. That's that's phenomenal. This is like Boise State winning the national title. Walrus over boat. Uh, but secondly, <laughs> whose house? Her house. Don't go up into the Arctic Circle. You go up into the Arctic Circle, you got to mess with the walrus, man. <laughs> you do not Her mess house? with the- <laughs> yes. Got a point there, man. Walrus was there first. Pat is, Pat is taunting the sunken Russian Navy ship. <laughs> not I in am. our house. Not in our You're house. You're weak. That's right. Not in the, not in Club Walrus. No. <laughs> the old Russian Navy would have just taken that walrus out, but it's got it's really slipped under Putin, man. 
<laughs> just like Nebraska. It's just not what it used to be. They're like, yeah, it's like Nebraska. It's like Nebraska football. <laughs> Same dying shade of red. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, that's uh, that's what we got. All right. Let's get to the uh, race for the case. Well, here's the standings. Pete, 13 and 11. Dan, 12 and 12. Pat. <laughs> you are the Russian Navy like of this one. <laughs> Can't we just move on to the picks? Do we, Six, know, 17 and one. Good God, man. <clears throat> Six, <clears throat> 17 and one. Good job. The problem. Yeah. Thank you. Explain thank you yourself. Much. You know what? I, I have no explanation. Other than I, I have had some rotten luck. I mean, I have mispicked by half a point here, a point there, late garbage touchdown here, late garbage touchdown there. But I can also say we're 24 games into this. It's a long season. It's still September. Relax. R-E-L-A-X. Aaron Rodgers and I tell you, relax. I have no sympathy for you because in the in the 40-yard dash this week, you, you ripped Altez beer, which I bought you last weekend. <laughs> or last week in Detroit. I take you to Gustling Alley in yeah. Royal Oak, Michigan, and you rip it. You ripped I, us. I, I didn't rip it. I think it was a very candid review, quite frankly. So, Dan, this is what's going to happen. It's all going to karmically come back to Pat, and his picks are going to be so bad by midseason, he's going to start drinking the bush light in his fridge. That's what he's <laughs> going to be driven to. That's and what then he should. will all come full circle. I didn't even make him drink if bush he, light. I, I bought him an all test and he complains <laughs> in print. His picks, his picks are going to be so bad. I know his picks are bad, but yes. he deserves every bad luck that could come to him. I hope some, I hope you encounter wait, wait, a walrus wait. this week. I, I'm going back to look at the alleged rip here. Um, it, it was, was a low print. brow shotgun dive heavy on the reel. And if you want to keep it extremely real and extremely cheap, order an Altez original Detroit logger and hope yeah. for the best. You likely will not want to thank the dash later. That's not a rip. That's just kind of a, you know, it's 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 a subtle shot, I guess you'd say. So I'm very sensitive, Pat. You do know that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Well, whatever. I hope you go zero and six, and a walrus <laughs> takes out your car. This I probably week. will. Yeah. All right. Let's start it. Kansas State at Oklahoma State, seven p.m. on ESPN Plus. Oklahoma State is giving four and a half points. Uh, Sully, lazy, did not give me little capsules to write. You know, you had that little Kansas State is 12 and 0 at Saturday night games on ESPN+. Plus. No, he didn't give me that this week. Lame. Now he's trying to type something in the Google Doc. Anyway, Oklahoma State giving four and a half. Pete, what do you got? I'm taking, I'm taking the mullet. And by the way, you know it's a bad week if we're picking a game that's on ESPN+. Plus. <laughs> 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 not a good sign i agree no. uh but uh, now i'm riding with chris Kleiman, man that dude has done a great job since he came from north dakota state to k-state they're three and oh they won in starkville a couple of weeks ago they had an open date whereas oklahoma state is coming off texas all wildcats go purple email i feel good by the way pat picked opposite me so i'm gonna be back on track i can feel it already i'm going uh k-state also shock the world baby Ooh. Uh, I don't, I, you know, Oklahoma State didn't look that good against Texas. I won a game last week by not picking Oklahoma State. I'm going to do it again. K-State. Okay. K-State and the points. I'm taking it. So there you yep. go. With you. Wazoo coming off the disaster. The nine touchdown pass loss is at Utah, which also had a disaster 
in LA. Man, Pac-12 fever. Feel the feel the excitement of the Pac-12 right here. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Yeah. Utah yeah, minus I was five. Supposed to go to that game, they both lost. You were gonna go? Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna cover it. It was yeah. gonna be the game of the week until. Yeah. What, are we covering a game this week? You guys going to something? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, no, we will be doing. We'll be doing ten takeaways, I believe. Okay. From the, right. from the yeah couch. Sitting this one out. Uh, Wazoo at uh, Utah. Pat, you can go first. Utah's giving five points. Game is at 10 p.m. ET on FS1. So we're gonna get uh well, that's our Pac-12 after dark, or at least one of them. Yeah. Oh boy. So and that gosh, Pac-12 after dark has a chance to deliver another absurd one. But if it's Utah's at home, given five. I, I got to think Washington State's the more demoralized team off of what happened last week, and they got to go on the road. Uh, I think Utah's better than they are anyway, so give me the Utes to win and cover. Uh, pains me to agree with Pat. I agreed with him way too much last week, but I like the Utes too. It is, And if they have a rifle like Leach said in the mascot war, they're definitely winning. They're definitely winning. I'm taking Wazoo on that. I'm going against you guys. They scored a <laughs> lot of points. All they had to do is not fumble every possession. That's all they got to do. They're giving five Four points. fumbles, two interceptions, gave up a kickoff return touchdown, gave up a punt return touchdown. Right. Other than that, their defense was great. Other than that, they would have won. Um, yeah, they couldn't they cut- tackle. Tackling is important. They're not good at tackling either. They have some faults, but, you know, that's why they're them. <laughs> Whatever. I'm taking them. <laughs> okay. Boy, this is a terrible slate of games. Ohio State. At Nebraska, Ohio State is uh, giving 17 and a half to Nebraska, who may or may not be able to release any balloons upon scoring. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> what happens if they get shut out at home? What do they do with the balloons? It's a good question. Just probably go out and feed them straight to the birds to kill them right there on the spot as opposed <laughs> to letting them float away. Like environmental warrior Pat. I am, man. I'm I'm going to go Greenpeace on their ass there in Lincoln and tell them to cut it out. Wow. Pro all walrus, right. anti-balloon. Pat's got all the crew yep. Jeez, he's really That's into right. it. All right. Well, who are you picking, mm-hmm. Pat? 17 and a half is the number? Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty big number, but look what Ohio State has done to everyone. I mean, they are trampling people. Uh, I'm going to go with them. It's going to be – they'll be as jacked up as they can be in Nebraska, but – the defense is still not good there. Uh, the offense is good, except they turn the ball over. Uh, Chase Young is, and company are going to get after Adrian Martinez. So I think Ohio State wins and covers the big number. Here we go again. I'm agreeing with Pat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Nebraska shouldn't have beat Illinois last week. I, I just don't think they can hang with Ohio State the way Ohio State's playing. So go Bucks. Buckeyes going to win by like 35 points. Yeah, no, no yeah. question. Ohio State. Yeah. I, I'm surprised that number is that low. Um, I bet that number climbs this week. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I, didn't Nebraska play them pretty tough last year? Do I remember that right, Pat? Yeah, yeah, yeah they did. They, yeah. they they lost like 36-31, uh, and, yeah. but Ohio State turned the ball over a bunch. That was Ohio State. It, it was not good defensively, and this Ohio State team is playing really well defensively. Ohio State's got a clunker or two a year, but I don't see it being this week. It's usually after they've done something really good. They haven't really. They're just amping yeah. up. Like, this is like their first really big game. I think they're going to be really strong. Right. All right. Number 18, Virginia at number 10, Notre Dame. 330 uh, Eastern on NBC. Notre Dame is giving 11 and a half. I'll take the Cavaliers. It's a pretty big number. I think it's a close game. Uh, last time these two teams played, it was a surprisingly close game. And, uh yeah, I think Notre Dame proved to be totally solid, competent, high-end, top 
10, top 10, 15-ish team in uh, at Georgia two weeks ago. I think there's some possibility for some letdown here. Virginia isn't at the point where, like, you're you're getting all fired up to play the Cavs. And Bryce Perkins is a fun little player. So we'll, uh, we'll go with uh, the Wahoos. Yeah, sorry, but I'm with you. I'm ah. with you. Uh, look, here's the thing. I, Virginia hadn't played great this year, all right? They, they, they were down big to Old Dominion. They had to come back to beat Florida State, and those were at home, and they're going on the road. So, But 11's too big a number because I think Notre Dame's going to be beat up coming off of the Georgia game. Georgia's so physical. Uh, and I think they put some lumps on Notre Dame, and they're going to be sore coming out of that. Virginia is going to be good enough defensively. They are Bronco Mendenhall is a very good defensive coach. I think they will make it difficult for Notre Dame to run if they can cover the receivers. Uh, I like Virginia to at least cover, if not win. I like Virginia covering. Yeah, I think Notre Dame wins, but too big of a number. I think it's going to be a close game. Notre Dame is. I don't see that team they have right now blowing a lot of people out. I just don't think they're that explosively right. offensively, but they're good. And I think. They will respond really well to that loss. First regular season loss in a couple of years. So I think they're going to play pretty well. I just think Virginia Broncos got a good team and uh, they'll be able to, it, it'll, it'll come down to the fourth quarter there. I think Notre Dame will pull it out. All right. USC 21. They're 21st back in the rankings at number 17, Washington, 330 Eastern on Fox. See, I kind of, I kind of have this hate relationship with Washington, where you know, I, I, they, I, I tend to value them too much, and then they let me down like they did by losing at home to Cal a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but USC, who's first of all, we don't know who's going to play quarterback. We don't know, you know, is it going to be Matt Fink? Is it going to be Keaton Slovis? I am going to take Washington to win and cover. I think that uh, going on the road in a tough environment and Washington just is, I think a more solid team good defensively they they should be able to cover the uh, USC receivers who are really good better than some other teams have and so I'm going to take Washington to win cover I already said I'm not going to pick USC the rest of the year so uh <laughs> as much as as much as I hate to be right and shotgun with Pat on some of these picks I'm rolling I'm rolling with the Huskies you know let the sailgaters toast my brilliance uh, I, I keep getting USC wrong. I don't think they're going to do well on the road, though. I think Washington uh, wins this. Ten's a big number, but I, I I keep getting USC wrong. So this could be another week for you to prove me wrong, Trojans. I'll take Washington. I felt like that third string quarterback was just throwing jump balls on Friday night. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I just felt like he threw that. Now Pittman's he was a receiver and he caught it, but like it wasn't like he had some transcendent performance. He just had really good players go and make up for his mistakes. All right, lock of the week. I'm guessing Pete is not ready. So <laughs> I have it in front of me. Here. Oh, you are ready. Uh, I think you get the first I, pick this. I think you get the first pick on the lock of the week this week. Um, I, right. I literally have the schedule up here and yeah, I yeah. don't See? know. No, uh, you don't know. Yeah, I'm not ready. Go ahead. Pat. Okay, Pat. See, <laughs> okay. My lock of the week, given the upheaval we talked about at Houston, the quarterback who is the heart and soul of the offense, who has 72 career touchdowns and 12 touchdowns this year running and passing has just up and decided, ah, I'm out. And one of the white, best wide receivers decided, ah, I'm out. And that tells me, I think don't think there's a lot of buy-in in the locker room. So Houston going to North Texas, getting points. Now, they did start out favored, but since all this is going on, they're getting points. But I think it's like six. Give me North Texas to win and cover against a Houston Cougars program that is quickly in disarray. All right, there you go. Not a bad pick right there, Pete. You get anything Man. yet? Oh, yeah, I had Baylor. 
That's who I wanted. Uh, Baylor is at home against Iowa State. Iowa State is getting two and a half. I think Iowa State has been underwhelming. Baylor is 3-0. Didn't play great against Rice, but has looked explosive at times. I do feel like Waco will be hopping for that one, and I feel it will be a low-scoring and close game, and I feel like Baylor's uh, Baylor's got a shot. Wake, so, Waco is hopping. Waco is hopping. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. like, like a, a contradiction like a, in terms there. Yeah. All right. We'll see. That would really be the upset. Wait. I am four and zero in locks of the week, by the way. Yeah. And Pat's zero and four. Not that anyone's. I, I, I think that I think there's a Matt Rule man crush that's that's clouding your vision. He does love Matt game. Rule. He does love Matt. I Rule. like Matt Rule. What are you going to do? Uh, all right, I'm staying in uh, Texas too. I'm taking Texas Tech and twenty five and a half against Oklahoma. Uh, mm. Red Raiders are actually not that bad on defense, and they are at home, and that's a ton of points. And I know Oklahoma is uh, is rolling. I don't think they're gonna get they're gonna get them by you know four touchdowns. I think that's gonna be slightly closer. So I'm taking Tech in the points, starting twenty five and a half up. That's my uh, my lock. We're expecting. You that. didn't watch that Arizona game late night two weeks ago, did you, Dan? <laughs> uh, Arizona did not Tech. score. I know, but they didn't score a ton. I think they only had twenty eight. What was that? Score? I just saw that ninety nine yard drive in the second half. Yeah, where Arizona didn't pass. I don't. I don't think Oklahoma's gonna. That's uh, my lock of the week. You take yours. Right. I'm coming lock after you. I'm up. one behind you. It's not like Pat's picks that all go wrong. Hey, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Oh, hey. Pat is due. Walk like, off. You know, it's, it's week like five, and you've only picked six games right. I mean, come on. <laughs> you're wrong about Altez. You're wrong about Gasoline <laughs> Alley. And you're. I am 100 percent right about Altez. 100. percent <laughs> And America agrees with me. Detroit can hustle harder and have its Altez beer. Everyone else in America knows better. They did disband that beer for a while, so you're probably correct. America <laughs> America did speak on Altez. And- yeah, somewhere in St. Petersburg, some Russian guy listens to the podcast. He's like, he's wrong about the walrus, too. Yeah, we will take out that walrus. <laughs> I don't think the Russians like we are us. We are big in St. Pete, both yeah, St. Pete's, no, like in Florida and in Russia. Yeah, yeah ah. the Russian St. Pete's, they're down on Charlie Strong, too. All right. Bad slate of games. Podcast probably was just as bad. Um, But, hey, we tried. We'll be back for overreact to whatever happens this weekend because we know something will come. Something will happen. Help us. Gundy, show up without the mullet. Prove this fake story real. I don't know. Do something. Uh, Thanks for subscribing, listening, sharing us on social media. We will talk to you on Monday. Monday.